you've reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hey, I'm Alex Williams and I'm from Channel 9's Warning. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host, Anita Annabelle, Head of Entertainment at Media Week and Chatter. In today's episode, I spoke with the super talented and super lovely Alex Williams. Alex is the star of Warney, a made-for-TV miniseries which documents the life and times of cricket legend and cultural icon Shane Warne. Shane Warne loved life. He absolutely ate it up. He loved people and they loved him back. And through it all, he stayed true to himself. He lived to be a legend. And this series is his story. During this chat, Alex spoke about how he was transformed into the cricketer, the serendipitous moments he experienced on set, and how portraying real people gets him excited to go to work every single day. Warney premiered on Sunday, June 25, and continues on Monday, June 26, on 9 and 9 Now. Here's Alex Williams. I'm really, really, really excited to talk to you because I think that this is such a huge undertaking for you. And I guess like the first thing that I want to talk about with this project, Warney, is for those who are not familiar with the miniseries and how can they not be, but for those who are not familiar with the miniseries, can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, sure. So basically it's a, um, you know, really it's a celebration of his life, um, you know, from from a pretty early age. Um, you know, so it starts, it flits all over the place really um, sort of time-wise. But we sort of deal with him getting rejected initially by St Kilda and then getting into cricket and going to the cricket academy. Uh, then, you know, we get his first test matches, then his sort of rise to fame. Um, and then all the stuff that sort of comes along with that, you know, um, uh, stuff that's pr- pretty uh, well documented, but uh, some of his indiscretions and, um, you know, some of the stuff he'd, he'd rather forget. But um you know, it's it's sort of a it sort of tells the whole story, which is which I think is the right way to do it. Totally. I just realized we jumped on this call and I didn't even introduce myself. Hi, I'm Anita. It's so <laughs> lovely Hi, to Anita. meet you. No, not at all. Nice to meet you too. <laughs> I always do that. I get really excited and I just like want to dive in. One just line, straight one in. Line. Right in. No, it's just more that like I'm always so conscious of time, and then I'm like, I just completely forgot to introduce myself. But hello. It's all good. It is, it is such a cool role to be playing. I mean, Shane is such a legend of cricket. Firstly, I had no idea that he was an AFL player, and I don't know if that's whether, I mean, it's a me not knowing that much about him, but I had no idea that he tried to do AFL first. Yeah, it was his, it was his first love, and he sort of talks about it still being his favourite game, really, sport. Um, and, you know, in his books, you know, he, he's and even in, in Shane, you know, the documentary, he talks about, you know, how much he, he loves it. And, and at the time, you know, um, you know, loved it and it's all he wanted to do. Um, so being kind of cut from St Kilda, St Kilda's sort of development squad um, really knocked him around. 
um, as far as, you know, his confidence and what he was going to do with his life. Um, so then to sort of rebound and go back, you know, into cricket and to put everything into that and, and you know, be as talented as he was, but it's also put as much work in as he did um, is, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, um, it is crazy to think that that wasn't even like his first passion and he's like still succeeding. Like imagine, isn't it crazy? And like to to think that he just kind of just stepped up and then this is what he was doing. It's so cool. But then for you, like stepping into this character and donning the whites for the first time and then also the peroxide hair, you've got a great (laughs) mullet, great mullet in the series. Um, it must have been so wild. Like, what was it like getting into that character for the first time, particularly when he's wearing the uniforms? Yeah, you know, it's it's sort of a gradual thing building the character because obviously you're doing a lot of work and research before you even get into pre-production. You know, once you get the role, you sort of go into full immersion. You're just watching and reading and and listening to everything you can just to get an. But there's so much content. Right, mm. like it's an overwhelming amount of content and and stuff that you know is kind of he will sound a certain way at one time and completely different at the other because it spans sort of over twenty years. Um, you're sort of playing a different person by the end of it as you are from the start. I mean, obviously it's the same person, but there's an evolution there. So you, you want to make sure that you're getting that. Um, so yeah, it was it was pretty amazing that first little bit when they you know they they put put the wig on and, and we, we <laughs> around with it. That wasn't your own hair. I'm disappointed. Look, to be honest, a lot of it was um, the the young like full on mullet. <laughs> not my hair. Um, so disappointing. But, so but, disappointing. But, but the rest of it is uh, mostly. Um, so yeah, uh, there's there's sort of a back piece that's added to the back of my hair because I have to, you know, it's in five weeks. I can't like, they can't cut it. Um, and then at the end they did have to cut it to play, you know, when, when we were doing sort of the Liz Hurley stuff. So, mm. um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience. And I think like, you know, I, I was really happy with the, with where we got to with the look. Yeah, because that is a hugely iconic part of who he was. He had such a look, you know, even down to the zinc on his lips, you know, that that was even a quite a big part of who he was and everybody knew that about him. But you did kind of touch on this already, but I'm really interested about like that research that you did for the role. So you mentioned the mannerisms and how that evolved. How do you go about when you're watching somebody that is real, how do you go about then recreating their mannerisms and then in a space of over a couple of years or over many years? Yeah, so it sort of depends on the on the person. When you have someone like, you know, Warren, it, you have a lot of content out there. But the, the main issue is that a lot of that content, especially when he's younger, is him in front of a camera, you know, with, with someone interviewing him. So his guards up. Um, and he's doing his media presentation. Yeah. So, you know, it's about um, figuring out what he would be like, you know, around Simone when they were younger and that kind of thing. And that's where you sort of have to, you know, use your imagination a little bit, but also kind of go to when he's much more relaxed in front of the camera or, you know, when you've seen video of him when he's, you know, on I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or something like that. And then you try and kind of reverse engineer that back down back in time a little bit. Um, so, I had a, you know, I had a lot of fun. It obviously takes a lot of time to sort of figure out those different generations and where you want to pop things and when they change. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of part of the undertaking and, and, and why, 
you know, it's a difficult job, but a, a fun one. And I will touch on this later, but I mean, you do play a lot of real life characters, like real people. When I say real life characters, like characters to the outer world, like to the acting world, but these are real people that you're that you're really taking on. Like you've had Julian Assange, Kirk, Assange, Julian Assange, <laughs> Kirk Pengilly from In Excess. I mean, those are some huge roles to undertake, including Warney. I mean, what is making you go, I want to play real people? Yeah, love a biopic. Um, <laughs> Don't you just? <laughs> I, think this is, I think this is number seven. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I'm not sure what it is exactly. Um, I mean, when, when they do pop up and, um, you know, the auditions for them pop up, I, I definitely circle them and, and sort of go, you know, I, I really want to work really hard on this and, and I find them fascinating because there is an element of, you know, you, you're working with truth and then you're, kind of working back from that and trying to figure out, you know, what motivated each decision, what got you there. So you're sort of using your imagination within the, within the real world of a real person. Um, and I find that fascinating. I mean, that's what actors do. Yeah, I can completely imagine. I mean, biopics are so fascinating. I love them. I love so them. So do I. Yeah. I love being in them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine you love being in them, but also, I mean, like people's true stories, like don't you ever just see people and you're like, I just, I don't know if you've ever done that thing where you like are in public and you kind of look at someone and go, I wonder what your story is. I want to know what your story, because people, you just never know what people have been through. And I think that's why biopics are so fascinating. Yeah. And it's always wilder than most things you could write. You know, like that, that's the fascinating thing is even in this, you know, there, there were some moments where I'm, I'm sort of saying verbatim what he said, um, in an interview. Um, I'm not sure if you would have got to that yet, but it's, um, I, I kind of couldn't believe what he was saying. Um, mm. I understood why he was saying it, but it, it then kind of trying to make that work, you know, it was a mistake. He didn't, he obviously kind of didn't want to say those things, but he did. Um, so, so then trying to figure out, like then trying to go back and figure out the motivation of why he said that is, is kind of the interesting part. So yeah, it's funny that the, the, the truths are often wilder than anything you could make up. I know. As they always say, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. But in terms of research, so this is, I mean, you've kind of touched on this already, but I'm really curious how you did the research. You've obviously read his, read his, um, his, the books and you've, you know, the doc, what's seen the documentary, but you've also probably like me grown up with him being on television. How, what kind of extra research did you have to do to play this role? Yeah. He was sort of ever present in our childhoods. Wasn't right? he just? Um, so, you know, that, that obviously helps, but, um, yeah, no spin was a big one. Um, reading that and a few other books and then, yeah, it was, it was honestly, it was honestly like finding every clip on YouTube, off YouTube, everywhere that I could mm. and kind of trying to distill down certain eras. Um, so that, that was kind of the most important thing. And then it was just kind of going like, how do I make my face do that? How do I make my face look like that? And then vocally, um, you know, how do I, how do I get those patterns right? Um, he has such a fun kind of vocal patterns as well. Like he was so funny. So to get that stuff, um, and that like just raw kind of magnetism that, you know, some people have, um, 
and uh, you know I don't. So, so to re- <laughs> so to recreate that is is quite difficult. So yeah, there was a lot of work um, around that and experimentation around that. And then sometimes you have to take things quite far, and then kind of peel them back for the screen. So that that was um, yeah, that was a big part of it. It's actually quite funny. Like when, like I said to you before, when we were recording, when you jumped on screen, I'd literally just finished watching the first episode and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so weird to see you in front of me, but having watched it. But interestingly enough, I don't see any of that character in you personally. No, no, I'm just not anything like him, really. (laughs) Really? It's so bizarre. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's that's a big part of it. you know, I had someone sort of on the crew at the end of the thing, we were kind of having drinks afterwards, sort of say to me, like, why are you talking like that? And I was like, because I don't talk like that. That's not right. um, you know, like that stuff's, that stuff's fun. I mean, that's why, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the job is, you know, try and emulate that with as much truth and honesty as possible. And, you know, and and you can't just play yourself. Um, yeah, of course, of course. No one had watched that movie. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Not that interesting. No scandals in your past. Not enough. <laughs> when I see other actors sometimes, you can really kind of see, oh, they're just like this in real life, but it is quite weird talking to you because you seem a little bit more, I guess, reserved. It's kind of, it, would you say that is the case? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like, I don't think, my friends would describe me as reserved, but maybe that's <laughs> I don't know you enough yet. <laughs> but no, it's, it's one of those things, you know, like, you know, when I play Kirk Pengilly, for instance, you know, he's that sort of more stuttery kind of um, energy, not so much just even the way he spoke, but the way he moved and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then Assange, you know, very, very different again, very still, um, much more kind of reserved eye contact and 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 intelligent quieter sort of voice but you know that's that's the fun part of it is is trying to get that's what they teach you at drama school is try and get to neutral and so then you can build from there and you don't sort of pepper it with your own uh idiosyncrasies yeah Um, of course and and that's i think why i quite enjoy you know doing biopics and playing real people is you get to get out of your own your, your own shoes and 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 sort of a lot of the time, you know, in shows, you're, you're sort of playing a version of yourself, um, and this is not that. Before I ask you about cricket, because I must, um, yeah. I used to hang out with Jake Farris when I was <laughs> in high school. Okay. <laughs> He's a bit younger than me, but my friend dated him, actually. I don't know if I'll keep that in, but I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No, no, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so cool. it's really quite bizarre. So it's, um, yeah, no, I've, I've been in their backyard and um, at Jake's 18th birthday. So it was, <laughs> it was really weird. And there was like the aria in the, one of the arias, like I was holding his aria, like, I want to get out. Yeah, it was like well before you know I was in this yeah, industry yeah. where you know it's not as exciting anymore because I'd meet and see everybody. But it's it's really cool. It's a cool little uh, thing. I remember going over to Kirk Pengilly's place, and you know when I was playing him, and and it, you know I went in and played pool in the pool room with him and the Ferris boys, and and I remember going into the pool room and it's just got you know in excess memorabilia. And, 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 you know, every award under the sun, but it's all hidden away behind all of Lane Beachley's trophies. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see them. It's fantastic. 
<laughs> Imagine being in that household, honestly. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I have no trophies in my house, I don't think. I, I am the trophy. Is that am I allowed I to say that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. I don't think I've got one in my house either. You're the trophy in your house. That's <laughs> so let's talk about cricket. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Let's go. Okay. Firstly. Oh, I was scared. Are you a cricket fan? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you were already a cricket fan. You're not just saying that. Um, <laughs> no. Fortunately, I'm a massive sports <laughs> fan in general, so yeah. I um, it, it did help growing up with cricket and watching cricket and knowing my way around just the sounds and the feel of the game and what everything should look like and, you know, which bat sponsors were when and all that kind of nonsense. I don't love cricket, but I've always known who Shane Warne is. I actually had to, you know why? Because I was forced by my dad to watch it at Christmas on Boxing Day. The Boxing Day test kill me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the sound of summer for, you know, my whole childhood is is just cricket. You yeah. Know? And someone starts yelling on the TV and everyone starts running into the room yelling, going, what happened? <laughs> Not much. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. no. It's each no, zero. T20 cricket now, you know. Yeah, really T20 good. is good. Big bash. Um, but in terms of cricket, so in terms of the training for the spin bowling, like, did you play before? And then how? What was the training like for this role? So I grew up sort of just playing in the backyard, but I didn't mm. never played. I always played basketball and tennis and other sports. So I didn't really play. Properly, and then about three, four years ago, I was at a after a theatre show. I was having a few drinks with a mate of mine, and, and he was like, "Oh, we've got cricket tomorrow, but we're down a few players. Like, we need some players." And he's like, "Do you play cricket?" And I went, "Oh, like I can play, and I'm a good like I'm a good catch and a good throw and all that kind of stuff. But like bowling and batting, maybe not so much. I can know my way around it. But <laughs> anyway, I went, and <laughs> I was so." Terrible. I tried to bowl an over and I was so bad at it, but I'm really, really competitive. So, <laughs> like, really competitive. And, you know, so I was then like, well, I guess I play cricket now. And um, <laughs> I, I took it up and, uh, you know, worked my way into like playing with the team. And yeah, I've been playing for the last sort of four years. Um, you know, I, Cricket's a really hard sport and, um, um, you know, I'm still not great at it. And then when I got this role as well, you know, I was bowling kind of straight, medium pace at best. Um, and now I was sort of taking on probably the hardest thing in the sport, which is not only bowling leg spin, which is, you know, near on impossible to get right, but then bowling it like Shane Warne, which is really, really difficult because your body kind of doesn't want to do certain actions. Um, and, he, you know, he's built like a he was built like a discus thrower, you know, really strong trunk and really powerful. So it was sort of trying to get that feeling and uh, put on a bit of weight just to kind of have that kind of strength across the chest and shoulders and through the trunk. So, yeah, no, trying to learn that. And then so I had Bryce McGain down in Melbourne basically mm. was massive. So he, he trained with Shane and TJ. Um, and he was massive, not only for learning sort of technique of wrist position and front arm and where this needs to be and angle of release and all that kind of stuff, but, but for the mentality of how he bowled and how he approached bowling. And then I also had Steve O'Keefe up in Sydney sort of help me out initially. 
you're you're using a lot of words that I don't know, like or like a lot of of um, phrases that I don't sure. know. I mean, yeah. for me, I just know there's like a a ball with stitching on it. <laughs> yeah, the same, the same. Yeah, same. yeah, and yeah. a bat. Oh no, so many people in my life will be so upset with me right now because no, this is shame on you. <laughs> Are you even Australian? What is this? Well, considering I'm more European, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that, you know. Okay, all right. rugby. I think you're hiding what a little bit. <laughs> what about rugby union? Rugby union's great. Can you play a rugby player next? <laughs> yeah, sure. Where do I look like? <laughs> oh no, don't do that to me. I don't know. <laughs> Who do you think you look like? Uh, I'm, I'm about two. I'm about two feet two, uh, <laughs> short and about fifty kilos too light. To play rugby union, but. Yeah, you could be a good forward, maybe just like dart it around anyway. <laughs> nah. so maybe, we, a tennis, maybe a tennis player. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Maybe you can just try all the sports and just like go through each sport and like choose a different person to play. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a bit of a different note, I am really curious though. I mean, we have kind of touched on playing all of these real-life characters, but what are the pressures in playing someone like Shane Warne? Yeah, you know, it's different with every kind of different person you play and, and, and sometimes, you know, productions are in, in, in contact with people or it's a, it's an adaptation of a book or whatever. Um, so yeah, obviously the, I sort of approached it with going like, Oh, there's a, there's a lot of pressure to get this right. Um, you know, he's a national hero. He's one of my heroes growing up. So the, the thing of, you know, external pressure is is an interesting one because you try and just make it about process right you try and just kind of go okay well this is my process i'm going to go as long as that goes well i just don't think about the external part but of course that's really difficult i guess the main thing for me was going like no one could put more pressure on me to do this job well than me like no one's gonna no one's gonna care more or, or make me work harder than me. So, you know, the, mostly the pressure that I felt was, you know, from myself was I really wanted it to, to work and I really wanted it to be good. Um, um, you know, so, so that's, kind of, that's kind of where most of the pressure came from. Do you like watching yourself back? Um, oh, some, like, no. I mean, I don't like it. But you learn from it. You learn as from far it, as yeah. like you go. Oh, I could have done that. Could have done that. Um, you also it's also peppered with what the experience that you had. You know, if you're going, oh God, yeah, I remember that. It was you know we had we had 15 minutes to shoot that out at, at one o'clock in the morning. It it sort of changes your perspective of what that scene is and how it was or whatever. Or you're getting packed, you know, on your way to shoot that one or whatever it was. So. It's it's a different experience. It's sort of you'll never really get a true viewing experience of your own performance because you've just you've done it. You saw it. Um, but no, I don't like. I, I learn from it, but I don't. I don't like enjoy it. I don't sit there with popcorn and a <laughs> and go on like, oh god, let's should we play it again from the top? <laughs> why not? I don't understand why. Yeah, <laughs> rewind. Good. Let's watch that one bit four times. Yeah. No, uh, you know, no, I get it. I mean, and the reason I'm asking it's because I always get like really different responses in that. I think most people say the same thing that like you learn so much from watching your own performances, but it is really hard to not be critical 
of who you are, I guess, what you're doing and, and what you could have done differently. Yeah, I think that is a, that's the biggest part. Um, oh, yeah, and, you know, like how things came out in the edit, how something looked or whether they used a certain take on something when you wish they'd used another one. Um, but, you, you know, you're not in on those uh, intricacies of, of, you know, which takes had someone running through the back of them and, and stuff like that as well. So, um, yeah, look, obviously you learn, you learn a bit. Um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to watch this or whether I'll watch it live uh, as well. Um, and you just sort of, yeah, see how you go. But, you, again, like you have to celebrate, you know, the, the work you do and, and try and, 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 you know, stay positive and learn. Well, I think you should watch it because it's brilliant. I've been watching. But I do, I do want to t- kind of touch on your past. How on earth did you get into acting? Because I know that you went to Whopper and then you've had this amazing career already. But what was, what was that drive for you to become an actor? Yeah, I'm not really sure, um, to, to be honest with you. You know, I, I went initially to Mount Lawley High in Perth and they had kind of like an arts um, program where you did, you know, um, media and art and, and uh, music and, and acting as a sort of more than you did maths or anything else, to be honest with you. So I think I did that and then I moved schools and I had a really great, a uh, couple of drama teachers who who just put me in put me in shows and then told me to audition for Whopper. And then once I got into Whopper, I, that's where the real love of it kind of grew. I, I always liked performing, um, but I didn't understand, you know, really, you know, what um, I liked about it. And then I kind of found out, you know, that character study and and this study of sort of human instinct and emotion was was really what got got me um and 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 you know telling australian stories as well is, is you know really fascinating to me so yeah uh, look it's just it's just kind of been a, a love affair of of wanting to do it and not really wanting to do much else oh i love that apart from maybe play tennis or basketball oh, yeah, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm a much better actor than i am a tennis player so. <laughs> You're doing much better than me. I'm telling you now, you're doing much better than me. Um, so did you grow up in Western Australia? Yeah, yeah. Oh, how gorgeous. Yeah, I grew up there and then went to Whopper there for three years and then yeah. uh, moved to Sydney when I was 20, 21. Yeah, cool. And now you're doing bright big things, living it up in Summer Bay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't there for long, I'll tell you that much for <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's all part of it, isn't it? It's like all part of the process of like an, an Australian. I mean, like you touched on before, like being in Australia and and getting jobs here, I think it's so important for our industry to be booming and for us to to make great content here. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And and sort of the more the more kind of products we can get out on, you know, our major networks as well um, that sort of have international appeal as well and, and tell Australian stories. I mean, you look at this, I'm not sure what they've, what they've, whether they've sold this yet, but, you know, this is, this is the kind of story. It'll, it'll, if they play it in India, it'll uh, be huge. You know, he, huge. He, was, he, was, he was, he's revered over there. He's, he's, he's massive. He's known as sort of not only a, you know, a great cricketer, but a great leader of, of, of men and, 
and, um, you know, a great tactician. And then in the UK, you know, they have a love affair with him as well. So, you know, like that, that's the kind of story you want where, you know, it does really well here and, and hopefully has a second and third life, you know, in, in India. And, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, to go over there and, and, and check it out and, and the same with the UK. So those, those are kind of the, the stories you want. Like it's the same with Assange, you know, it has it has international appeal, in excess international appeal. You, you kind of want, but it's an Australia, it's a truly Australian story. So I think, you know, truly that's... Um, it's, it's good that we're exporting that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you want those major networks doing as more of them, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Giving us jobs and, and creating for our industry is super important. But also just reflecting our own society kind of back to us and, and, the, and the flaws therein and, and, you know, the positives as well. Yeah, absolutely. Did anything happen on set that you were like, oh, that's kind of serendipitous or any moments that you kind of remember that was quite special? Yeah, we had a nice one early where I was sitting down at uh, we were kind of doing a, a part of about the betting saga. I'm not sure if you're there yet where he's playing mm-hmm. roulette. Anyway, he's playing roulette and I'm at the table and we had a real creepier there. It was great. And so he spun it up and I was supposed to lose the money. And I was like, oh, well, that's pretty easy to do. I'm <laughs> playing roulette. So I was like, all right, I'll just chuck it. I'll chuck all my chips on 23, which was his number. And, um, you know, they spun it up and it just like, first take landed on 23. And I just kind of went, I ruined, absolutely ruined the take because I was like, I've won. I'm a millionaire. <laughs> you know? um, so they called cut and started it again. But that was just a nice l- little lucky moment. Um, that was, that was cool. Uh, and then we had, a, you know, I had another one where I was, I kind of didn't have time to bowl much for the first two weeks because we were shooting just nonstop and they're massive days and uh, yes, yeah, just in every scene. So I just didn't have time to like roll the arm over. So I asked Bryce if I could, you know, come to a session with him on Sunday. He said, yeah, just pop down to the MCG. So oh, just casually, just up down. Yeah. 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 I know. It's a bit of a yeah, dream come true <laughs> stuff for me anyway. So I popped down to the MCG um, from Collingwood and, and yeah, just went into the, the training nets at the MCG and bowled with him for an hour or so. And then uh, it was just amazing, you know, that was in, in the net where he, he used to train with them. So that was pretty cool. And as I was leaving, there was this, uh, you know, it's dead Sunday, um, MCG, absolutely no one around. I was just walking back towards Collingwood. And, um, I saw this young couple just taking a photo in front of the statue of Shane Warne at the MCG. So I just sort of, you know, said, do you want me to take a photo of the two of you? Because there's only two of them in front of the, you know. So I just sat there and took a photo of this young couple in front of, you know, the Shane Warne statue, which is, you know, I felt it was pretty cool and sort of just walked off. And it was, yeah, it was great. It was just sort of a nice little moment. Imagine them watching and then coming to the realisation who you actually were. Imagine if they remember that. I don't think they would ever have figured that out. No, no way. Oh, just, but can you pretend that they did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done the old flip this. Uh, flip, flip, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they would have been like, absolutely not. Get this guy. Oh my gosh, no. Because imagine if they like are watching and went, hey, we know that guy. Didn't he take this photo? It just would be, (laughs) you know what? I hope that that happens and I hope they realize and I hope they go, wow, that's pretty special. It was a pretty nice moment. 
I would say so. That is gorgeous. Well, thank you so much for chatting. Like, I'm so excited for this. I mean, it's it's such a huge role for you to play, and you you did it you did it justice. Like, if I'm honest. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I, I hope you enjoy the second amp. It's a very I different, can't wait. Yeah, a very different kind of feel. Um, so, um, yeah, it gets, gets nice and emotional in there. So, um, oh, I, hope you enjoy. I don't know. I don't know if I can. <laughs> no, no, it is. It's, I think these, these stories are important to be told and, and I can't wait to see which one you choose next. Yeah. Well, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much, Anita. Thanks for calling the entertainment hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.